Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Border Patrol said these folks, they gobble up MS-13 people. They go, they're, they're worse than they are. A transnational criminal organization coming into the U.S. mixed in with migrants. Most of the local law enforcement has no knowledge of this gang. What you need to know. Not everyone is coming over here is, is part of an organized Venezuelan gang, but the people that are, Find them and deport them. You have to deport them by the thousands, not by the dozens. Hi, friends. This is Yami Virhing with Sinclair Broadcasting in San Antonio, Texas, for another edition of Immigration Crisis, the fight for the southern border. We are joined again this week by retired Homeland Security Investigations Special Agent in Charge. It is Adi Jimenez with us once again. And Adi, you're going to tell us a little bit more this week about who is Tren de Aragua, a transnational criminal organization that is now being seen in different areas of the United States. So Tren de Aragua is because it was a train that was built in an area of Venezuela and they started extorting them, blah, blah, blah. And that's how they got their name, right? So so that's the area where they started. Um, the main push uh, of Tren de Aragua is a prison gang out of Venezuela. Um, in 2018, with the uh, first migration out of Venezuela, they were already working on on extortion, they were very capable of doing that. So they started working the routes of the first migrants from Venezuela through South America. They were they, they moved through Colombia, through Chile, through Peru. And that's how they started controlling the migration, the routes, extortion, they moved into uh, human trafficking, sexual exploitation, um, and that's how they settle their their most of their business. Now, um, they have a very unique way of doing business that they're very violent. They project that violence a lot. And many times we see other gangs that come into an area and try to work some kind of delineation of an area or uh, some kind of joint type operations the Tren de Aragua doesn't do that. The Tren de Aragua is going to take over. And they take over by violent means. They're not going to share the, the territories. Um, they move in the, from 2018 to 2021 very rapidly, uh, very purposely, uh, very violently. 
in South America. Now, we saw that they started moving north and started moving, uh, commingle with some of the migrants coming from South America and commingle with a lot of legitimate uh, migrants from Venezuela. They're, they are looking for asylum into the U.S. They're commingle in those groups to make sure that they can make some kind of uh, uh, settle here in some of our cities and take control of some of the criminal enterprises uh, with hopes that they can control more of the of the of the illegal business, businesses in some offices. So for the people that don't know, so when they come across, if they come through the jungle in Panama, you have people from the U.S. government that are sitting at the border and they're doing mm -hmm. biometrics. They're checking Interpol to see if there's any outstanding warrants. But with a country like Venezuela, that we right now don't really have diplomatic a good diplomatic relationship with, is Venezuela going to go, oh, here, let me let you know, these people are all bad people. They're all gangsters. They all got out of jail. Are they giving us any information at all? No, uh, unfortunately, we have no relationship with Venezuela. Um, the current intel or intelligence report about the Tren de Aragua is from an Interpol. However, if those records have not made into Interpol, uh, in the U.S., most of the state and locals um, have no means of identifying uh, behaviors, association, or even tattoos. Now, understanding that the Tren de Aragua uh, learned a lot from other Latin American gangs. Uh, their members are not fully tattooed, like, for example, the MS-13 members um, that was prevalent, you know, in the 90s. That's not happening. Uh, this organization, uh, yes, you're going to find people with tattoos. For example, some of the foot soldiers will have a tattoo of an AK-47. Um, some of the meat lieutenant type management, they might have a full crown. Uh, not like the Latin King three-point crown, but actually a full crown. I, I, When people ask me what to look for, I tell them it's kind of like looking at the... Uh, a King of England uh, type of crown. Um, but in general, they do not use a lot of tattoos. They learn that they will be identified as gang members and they might get a secondary look. Um, also, even though biometrics are being taken, there's nothing to compare them to. So um, just like in the 1990s, we had an incursion of MS-13s and they were new in the neighborhood and nobody gave it a second thought. Um, that's what's happening now with the Tren de Aragua. Um, most of the local law enforcement has no knowledge of this gang. They have no, uh, no way to verify them. Like for example, some years back uh, when we have a, what we can call a nor normal pattern of migration, you have groups of 20, 25, 30, 40, 50, even a hundred. So when you have groups like that, uh, Border Patrol agents, uh, they will conduct a, the vetting interview, a complete vetting interview. They will have more time to identify uh, probably some tattoos. And also they were able to talk to the members of the group. Um, it's my experience uh, at the times that I was working and also as uh, 
conversation that I have with some sources of information still inside the Border Patrol, that when you have groups, manageable groups, uh, many of the migrants will tell you when they see a somebody that either have a different behavior or it was part of the smuggling venture or they threw away identifiers like ID cards or any or any other uh, uh, pictures, photos, um, phones. So they will tell you, they say, hey, this person did not cross Panama with us. This person did not cross, uh, they, this person came on board on this area or this person was with us, but he was the one being the lead until we get to this other location. And we lost that. We lost that because the number, the massive number of migrants showing up at the border is making the requirement that Border Patrol do not have the time to fully vet these individuals. Additionally, because there's so many people showing up, uh, Customs and Border Protection, the Department of Homeland Security have actually moved a lot of uh, administrative type personnel to the border to help uh, process individuals. Well, the people coming with admin jobs to just try to interview the migrants asking for asylum lack the knowledge, training, and experience to identify somebody that it doesn't have the profile of the typical migrant. And we're missing that. We don't have that. This is the reason why in 2023, for example, you can look at the statistics provided by Department of Homeland Security, there are approximately 38 to 40 um, known identified members of the Tren de Aragua that were processed through the U.S.-Mexico border. Now, with that said, we know where the majority of them were coming in was through our side of the border, which was Eagle Pass, Matamoros, you know, they were coming through Texas. Yes. How many of them, or is there still a presence here, even though the numbers have gone down lately because of the Mexican Navy going in, the Semar, Semar? How many do you think have stayed? And they have to have gone through San Antonio, right? Yes. So that's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. So right now, um, what we have, because there's so little information out there for stay on local law enforcement, what we have is identifying the pockets of violence that have come up, like for example, in Cook County in Chicago. Um, they are groups that are very violent, that are taking control of extortion, murder for hire, uh, drug dealing, weapons in that county. And this sheriff in that county has been asking for help because um, he lacks the, 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 the tools to fully investigate these individuals. All he can tell us is they're migrants. Uh, they came in in the last few months. 
they're from Venezuela and they immediately make contacts with each other and this is what the type of crimes they're committing. Now, challenges for staying local, right? We talk about Chicago, also it's happening in New York. We saw um, not long ago when uh, NYPD, New York Police Department, officers were trying to intervene with uh, an individual that was picketing and stealing in, in, in New York City and they got assaulted by five other individuals. They were all Venezuelans. They were all processed and they were let go. Only one remained uh, arrested. Um, we heard and we saw how the other five disappear into the wind. They use fake names and they move somewhere else. That's an MO. That's a mother operandi. This is the way that this uh, gangs operate. The typical migrant that is coming to the United States looking for the American dream to work, to be, uh, to give a better benefit, to a better life for their family, they're not going to be directly involved in this type of violent crime. They know they have to keep their record clean. They know they have to work. They know they have to go through the process. So they're going to avoid this type of behavior. The behavior that we're seeing is behavior of people that do not come into the country for the purpose of migration, asylum seekers, is strictly for exploiting the criminal enterprise. They know that they can make a lot of money in the criminal enterprise in our country. Um, another example that I can give you recently was in Miami area. In Miami area, there was a, a retired Venezuelan police officer that uh, was murdered here. Um, the individuals that were uh, caught, uh, it's, it's Venezuelan, it is suspected that he is a member of the Trendaragua. Why? Because in South America, there have been a lot of uh, murders that have been green light by the members of the organization from jail. And in, in, in the uh, recordings that I have been able to exchange with some of my sources of information in Chile, in Colombia, and in Peru, they talking in code. And the code is always when they're giving the green light to do something to a police officer because they do have an open uh, war against uh, law enforcement officers in Venezuela, in Peru, in Colombia, and in Chile. So we saw that in Miami. So as we... Uh, we see there's not a lot of information out there uh, in the U.S. because state and local law enforcement are limited by their jurisdiction. So it, it requires the help from federal law enforcement, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, Homeland Security Investigations, um, and you know ICE uh, enforcement re removal operations, uh, the DEA. All these federal law enforcement entities have offices overseas. They have offices in other countries. So although we do not have a relationship with Venezuela, they are the, there is the opportunity to, to get some information from our partners and law enforcement partners from Peru, uh, Colombia, and, and Chile because they're active in those countries. And we can learn from the TTPs, from the from tactics uh, and procedures that they, 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 they use, the type of marking that they use for 
the women that they sexually exploit, uh, how they terrorize the local communities, how they push over the local crime uh, members, or how they absorb those individuals to work for the trend. Um, we're missing that. We're missing that because the, the current administration is never going to accept that we have a gang problem coming through the border. Because if they accept that and try to help stay on locals, they're basically shooting themselves in the foot. So until we can separate public safety from politics, we have these gaps in intelligence where the federal entities that could help stay in local law enforcement with limited jurisdiction and limited resources are being affected negatively because the administration is not going to allow them to do that. And this is how our communities then suffer. Um, it took about four, five years for the trend that I want to control the routes of criminal activity in South America. Uh, we started seeing them in the past couple of years coming into the US. So unfortunately, within the next three to five years, we're going to have a very violent gang, Latin American gang, operating in major cities in the US. I was looking while you were talking on TikTok, and one of them stood out right away. Llegó el tren de Aragua aquí en Nueva York. Activos en la pista menor yaya. I mean. And that's, that's a, yes. And that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. They're here. They start with petty crime. They start, you know, uh, doing this matching graphs in the, in the, in the stores. Mm -hmm. They start stealing telephones. They start, you uh, know, picketing, uh, pocket picking. And before you know, then they start moving into the protection. Uh, you know, they start uh, taking money from people. They start, you know, uh, terrorizing communities and asking money for protection. That's how, that's the, that. we have to take away their terror. They have to take away from them the ability to terrorize our communities because that's their power. And the way that we can take away their, that power of terrorizing our community is by education, by working state, local, and federal law enforcement together in fusion centers, in anti-gang initiatives. We need to work on this together. But again, until we release public safety from the politics, this is, these are the gaps that we have, just like it happened with the MS-13 or the Sureños. By the time that we wake up and realize what we have in our hands, we lost the bubble. We lost the opportunity to actually mitigate the actions of this criminal enterprise in our communities. Um, and I guess the, the last question, I mean, really, at this point, the numbers are going down at the border right now. People that are here are already here. Um, we did the story already on how we're gonna have a difficult time finding people and keeping track of them, what really, what really can we do? Is there anything really that we can do? So absolutely, we also can mitigate um, criminal entities in the criminal enterprises in the cities, in our communities. Uh, you make reference to how hard it's gonna be for us to find a lot of the individuals that came. Um, we, we make reference to the uh, Department of Homeland Security Office of Inspector General report where uh, the sampling of 177,000 records where 
either incomplete, incorrect, and they're unable to find these individuals. We put a lot of pressure in Texas on at the border. CEMAR, or the Secretaria de la Marina in Mexico, they put a lot of pressure in Tamaulipas, Nuevo Leon. So what we have seen is that the numbers are going down in the RGB, in the Rio Grande Valley, but they're moving towards the West. Now the numbers in California are going high. So while the numbers here are going, are, are declining, the numbers in California and Arizona are still going higher. So we will see now those members of the Tren de Aragua, which are going to be trying to hide among the, the, the asylum seekers and start running up that area. So let's wait for a few months and let's see, let's have this conversation again uh, about what is the uh, atmosphere of violent crime in Arizona and California. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Uh, by the summer. Okay. Because that's that's what we suspect that they're going to be moving at. And again, any state and local law enforcement that is actually can, can see this show, uh, can see this report, um, reach out to the federal law enforcement. Although the administration is not going to put a lot of resources now, it is a uh, election year. So it doesn't matter who wins, somebody has to do something about this. Yeah. And the more that we identify this criminal uh, enterprise and these violent criminals, the better are the chances that we can get a joint federal, state, and local law enforcement working to the problem and secure our communities. You know, and I, I, I kind of want to end this with with this. I mean, you're a Puerto Rican. I'm from Panama originally. Um, I had some people actually send me messages that, oh, I used to be so proud of you, but now you're talking down about the the migrants. And I'm like, no, I'm doing my job as a reporter, which is to show all sides of an issue. I have done stories before with the head of the satanic church in San Antonio and walked into his house, you know, and, and I can do that. I'm not a Satanist. I'm Catholic, but that doesn't mean that I cannot do the story. So with these stories, when we're doing them, and we're talking about this, we're talking about it from the point of view of telling you, this is what's coming in. This is what is happening. This is what needs to be done. Um, I don't know if you've gotten criticism from some people and you're, you're retired Homeland Security Investigations. Do you ever get criticism from people saying, how can you talk like that when you're a Latino? Oh, absolutely. Here's what we have always have said. We can all agree that 95% of every migrant coming to the border is looking for a better life for the family, for themselves. Let's agree on 95%. We have always said the problem that we have is for the lack of complete betting of that 5%. 
That 5% are the ones that are, are coming to do harm to our communities. Mm -hmm. These are the 5% that, that make the border issue a national security issue. Because we have talked in the past about the large number of military-aged males coming from countries that are not our allies. They're countries that want to see America destroyed. So we always have to be careful. You it could be the, the wolf and, and, and sheep's uh, skin. That's the problem. When we don't know who's coming into the country, when the vetting is incorrect, when the Office of Inspector General from the HS is telling the agencies, you are unable to locate these individuals in the future. 19 hijackers got away with 9-11 and killed almost 4,000 Americans that, that day. We're talking about 40 certified Tren de Aragua stopped by Border Patrol coming through the border. For every one of those that got stopped, we have five that made it through. Every one of those individuals that come to for, for the purpose of criminal enterprise and gangs into the US from Latin America gives a black eye to every law-abiding and decent migrant and Latino that lives in the United States. We all come into this country and we follow the American dream and we work hard and we educate our families and we try to do the, the, the right thing and follow the law. Here on the U.S. border, the FBI in El Paso has reported last fiscal year arresting 38 gang members, some right here in Texas. FBI Special Agent Kimberly Carrillo is with the field office in El Paso. Carrillo tells us law enforcement is very limited on the information they have. Tell me, when somebody says Tren de Aragua for the average public in the United States, they have no idea what it is. And if you're Hispanic or bilingual, I should say, you're going to think, oh, it's a train of somewhere. So what is it and what do people need to know? So um, essentially, Tren de Aragua is a uh, gang that is coming from Venezuela, and it has um, it, it originated in Venezuela, and it has worked its way up from South America, and most recently into our borders. And um, again, it is uh, originated in Venezuela. So I know there's been a lot of comments that have been made about the people that are coming in that, you know, they're coming with drugs or gang members, da-da-da. With that said, there have been reports that there were some of the jails in Venezuela, specifically the one where this gang was at, where there were a lot of things going on and some people were able to get out. What have you seen so far in El Paso? So in El Paso, um, we have seen quite the influx, um, much like most of the border cities, um, have an increase of individuals from all South America, not just specifically Venezuela. Um, and so it is quite difficult um, to get a, a grasp of every individual that is coming through. Um, so for us, it is obviously a concern that we do not get to... Um, fully in-depth identify all the information associated with these individuals uh, because of the um, lack of communication between us and the Venezuelan government. 
Um, so it is a little difficult to um, vet some of the information that we are provided. How are you identifying them in, I mean, and then it's the FBI, so you guys work all, all over the country. So how are they being identified at the border? So we work very closely with our federal, state, and local partners, specifically Border Patrol at the at the border, and also our state um, law enforcement, which is Texas Department of Public Safety. And we coordinate with them on any information or any um, interviews that they may deem pertinent for us to um, work closely with them. And I know a lot of individuals are hoping to get um, indicators of what to look for. Uh, but unfortunately, at this time, we do not have very specifics um, on what to look for. Um, maybe um, in the United States, we would perhaps say, look for these particular types of markings or tattoos. Uh, but unfortunately, that is not something that we can um, come out and, and state we need to be on the lookout for. Yeah. From what I understood, they're, they're a little more clever not covering themselves with the tattoos and all that. The ones that do have it, I was told that they have the crown, not like Latin King's crown, but like a full crown. Is that correct? Um, I'd have to uh, refer back to the individuals to actually interview them at the at the ports or at the uh, at the border, um, because okay. I have personally not um, okay. been there. But um, okay. I'm sure that there are a lot of indicators that we could put across the board. Yeah. Um, so it's usually based on the interviews um, of the individuals with um, our, our fellow law enforcement officers. Um, needless to say, I mean, we're in San Antonio, so we get the bulk of the people that are coming in. Once they are moved out of the border area, they end up here at the Migrant Resource Center. In the last few months, I know that they have been doing operations and they have been finding some of the people again can you tell us what their main back in venezuela and ecuador what's their main business quote unquote business what do they do what should people be looking for especially here in this area where we get thousands every week coming in so we're very limited on the information that we have of, of what their business is. Um, what I can say is um, that much like criminal organizations, they're going to link up and do things that are not necessarily um, legal and take advantage of not just um, our own communities that we reside in, but also other migrants that they may be coming up the border with. Um, so there are no specifics as to they they focus on um, drugs or focus on kidnappings or extortions. Um, but it is a group that evolves. And so I, I, I would say that they would take opportunities. They would take advantage of opportunities that arise for them. Where right now, how many did you guys get there in El Paso? And where else have you seen them already? you know, set up shop? Uh, so based on our partners uh, with Border Patrol, it is um, it has been identified that four individuals based on their interviews have been identified. However, we have gotten quite the influx of, of all regions, as I, as I mentioned earlier. 
and not the, and the majority of them do not end up staying in El Paso, um, much like other border towns. They tend to move to um, larger cities within the United States. Um, Chicago, New York, um, Miami, those tend to be the locations that, that most of the individuals that are coming through here are um, focusing towards. And so that's what we're trying to, um, we're trying to be proactive about this emerging group and identify um, perhaps individuals they may be coordinating with. Uh, and, and of course, this is all based on the community around and if they see something suspicious, speaking to law enforcement, um, taking note of any activity that may seem strange and not specific to one um, migrant group of one country, of course, but across the board, any type of suspicious activity that may be occurring. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about you have another transnational organization coming in to areas where there's already gangs, Mexican mafia, the Orejones. With that influx coming in, could we see some fighting over territory? Um, I I mean, excuse me. And, and we don't want to speculate at this point. However, we do want to be aware that we need to be cautious. We need to be aware of, of uh, trends that may arise, uh, perhaps any activity in general that may uh, occur. Uh, so we, we don't have anything at this point in time, at least not in the El Paso area, uh, to show an increase of violence. Um, but we do want the community to be aware of all, all suspicious activity. That's it for this week for another edition of Immigration Crisis, the fight for the southern border. I'm Jamie Virgen for Sinclair Broadcasting in San Antonio, Texas. Until next time.